Hello and welcome to the second episode of Move Out Draw Fire. So since the first episode has gotten 40 views, it is now searchable on Spotify. I uh, did a couple couple searches myself, not logged in to Spotify and was able to find it under my name or the title of the show, Move Out Draw Fire. So what we're going to talk about today is public enemy number one in my mind. <clears throat> but first, I want to start off with thanking the nine contributors to the GoFundMe to help me get this kind of show off the ground. Uh, first one being my grandmother, my Aunt Patty, uh, Dennis, Carla, Hunter, Caleb, Nathan, Rob, and one person who remains wanted to remain anonymous. I know who it is, but I'll leave that them to them to decide whether they want to be known or not. Um, I'll tell you this, we are setting up for um, video. That way we will uh, be able to publish this to YouTube here shortly. The problem is, is trying to get the, uh, that's not really a problem for say, or per se, I should say. Um, it is more of, I got to figure out how to do it. I know I got a couple people around that'll help me, so that shouldn't be an issue. But the channel again is here for uh, a, a a vet veterans helping veterans page, um, whether it be either on YouTube or podcast. We're here to we're here to help. We're here to let people know that they are not alone. And that's the best thing you can do uh, yourself. If you know a veteran who's struggling or, uh, you know, really, I mean, it could go for anybody who's struggling. Just let them know that they're not alone. Anything that they're going through, people have been going through for hundreds of years. So, now that I've gotten that out of the way, we are looking for sponsors at this time. Um, I have set up um, kind of an open sponsorship. If someone were want to uh, sponsor the show, uh, we might have to play ads every now and then, or I'll speak an ad, whatever it is, you know, something to help keep this going. Uh, so I can kind of um, dedicate more time to this kind of craft. So with that in mind, we're going to talk about what I think is public enemy. Number one, TikTok. TikTok today is is by far one of the silliest things that you could possibly do. And I watch it probably half hour a day. I just scroll through, see what's going down, see where people's minds are at um, currently. And a lot of it is uh, doing something stupid or twerking. That's, that's all TikTok is for. Uh, it's almost nothing original. Everything has been redone and revamped and rebooted and three times over for each one. And now we're just getting bottom of the barrel talent. It's not even real talent. They're piggybacking off somebody else's talent. Trying to make it like, oh, if I, if I do it this way, maybe I'll become TikTok famous or maybe I'll become, uh, somebody that's worthwhile of knowing and I can be seen by the TV and internet and people love me. That's not how it works. It's never how it worked. 
mean shit. Some people only became famous because they made a sex tape. So TikTok's not going to get you famous. Um, so if you, if you have a chance, yeah, sure. Download it, watch some silly stuff, but know that it's just garbage, a hot garbage. It's a dumpster fire. So my problem with TikTok is the soldiers, the United States soldiers that we have using TikTok doing silly things like they do. Um, I am no exception to the doing silly things while in the military. However, I did not publish what I did silly for the entire world to see. If you're doing that for views, if you're doing it for popularity, you are in the wrong business. Uh, you need to get out of the army or military and do that because the second you bring that kind of attention upon you and your unit, you're going to get lots of negative backlash. Unfortunately, um, that's how it goes. You can't just do something fun like, oh, I'm going to let other people see it and uh, have fun. No, you're going to have a lot of people looking down on you with disrespect. Oh, they, they could have done so much more, um, wasting their lives, wasting their time. I mean, yeah, but I'm more of a fatalist when it comes to that. We're all going to die anyway. So there's no need to tiptoe around people's feelings. So, um, we could talk about the old soldiers, the ones that, you know, are mostly dying off now. We're talking about the World War II veterans, the Vietnam veterans, Korean War veterans, hell, even some of the uh, Desert Storm veterans. You look at them, and you think, you know, if they had, if they had the resources, the means, the TikToks, the YouTubes, would they, would they have come out the same way? And I can tell you this: uh, after my 12 years in the Army, if you were to take today's soldiers, put them on Omaha Beach and try to take the take the beach against the german line we would absolutely 100 percent not do it the way the the way it was done in world war ii we would not have won world war ii we would be now bowing down to our nazi overlord masters and the berlin would be the new world capital because they would have conquered the friggin planet because new soldiers nowadays, you've got so many restrictions on how you can train soldiers that it's you can't get used to what they dealt with back then. Now, I went through in 2003. Um, I know people before me would be like, well, they could still hit us in the face and um, they could still punch the, the trainees or whatever. And I wish they would have. I wish we could have done that. Um, because I've seen what the basic training is now. There's a thing called a shark attack. A shark attack is you stand in formation, um, and the drill instructors with their round brown hats will go in. They'll they'll pick on not individual people, but they will find kind of who they think the weakest link is in the platoon, and they will get in their fit. Now they won't they won't they won't punch them. They won't well, they might push, but they won't punch. But they'll put you down because their whole job is to take down the foundation of what you are and build you back anew. So if you have the opportunity to go out into a battlefield, 
uh, they know that they can trust you because you are disciplined enough to carry out whatever you need to do. So a shark attack is the very beginning of it. And I witnessed it myself. In July uh, 2003, I joined. And at that time, uh, it took me about three days. I don't know, five days from leaving to get to my actual basic training. There's a transition period where they issue your uniforms, give you your haircuts. And it was fun to see people with uh, the um, the mullets or the afros or the long, beautiful hair just bam, shaved right the fuck off. Now, I shaved my head prior to going in, so... And I had half blonde hair, half black. It was it was long down to my shoulders. Um, I kind of have it now, but I keep it shaved on the sides. Uh, I was going for uh, originally like a Brad Pitt and Fury look. Um, now it's more of growing out, so uh, it can be braided to look like a Viking with my beard. <laughs> anyway, uh, after about five days, we get to our um, first kind of do not duty station you're already there you get your to your first platoon and that is your drill instructor um basic training platoon now we were alpha battery one two two out of fort sill oklahoma i think it was i went through with uh, a friend um morgan uh he did inform me from the last podcast that uh drill sergeant flowers was a senior drill sergeant i don't i can't re- if that's the case, I, for the life of me, could not remember the name of the first sergeant there. But we upset him one day. I'll get to that later. Um, senior Drill Sergeant Flowers. And then our two platoon drill sergeants were Drill Sergeant Luna and Drill Sergeant Dillard. Drill Sergeant Luna, he very much looked and sounded as if Sylvester Stallone became a drill instructor. The way he called cadence, the way he was, he held himself. He was short and built, stocky. Uh, Drill Sergeant Dillard, he was, he was comical. But uh, during the shark attack, I had another drill uh, sergeant. Can't remember his name. He got up to me. He was about, I want to say maybe five foot ten, six foot maybe, and I was probably the tallest person. No. I was one of the tallest in the platoon. Um, there were two others about as tall or taller. And he asked me my name. And when I gave him my name, a little bit of spit had flown off my lip onto his glasses. <laughs> and then he just asked, he, he wiped it off his glasses real slow, looked at it. And in a voice where every other drill instructor could hear, said, did you just spit on me? Now. I had heard about shark attacks before that, and the way I saw the brown drill sergeant hats moving through all the formations leading straight to me as if I had dumped blood and water and sharks were coming, I got yelled at for a solid five, ten minutes from every angle with... um, I, I could probably count ten knife hands we call them in my face the old knife hand that was the that was a sign of authority was the knife hand um i was beaten down beaten down verbally because they knew it, it 
just the way I was. Yeah, I, I needed a lot of work. And they're not wrong. Um, I did need a lot of work. Again, from last time, I, I played tuba. I was in the band. I did a play. Um, really started off as kind of what I'll call a beta male. Um, I, I tried not to fight anybody. I, I never got to a fight, actually, before that. And then it was their job over the period of what we had in 14 weeks because it was OSIT, one station unit training. It wasn't basic training. It was basic and AIT all in one. So the drill instructors had 14 weeks to mold what I was into a lean, mean, fight and kill machine. What makes a green grass grow? And if you don't know, ask somebody. They'll tell you. So we're getting rid of shark attacks. We're getting rid of um, people are allowed to have cell phones in, in the barracks now. People are were allowed to have tobacco. Um, I didn't smoke at the time. Um, I didn't actually start smoking until I joined um, airborne school. And after my first jump out of an airplane, I, that's was you know what? Now's a good time to pick up smoking because I just jumped out of an aircraft. And one of the scariest things in my life uh, was that, but most exhilarating as well. It's quite fun. So um, today's soldiers get um, stress cards. I'm too stressed. You're yelling at me too much. I need a timeout. And uh, God almighty, if I had gone through basic training, we actually did have one of those. Uh, he would sit. In, now, don't get me wrong. I had uh, I had cried in basic training once because I had gotten poison ivy really bad. It was in my eyes. It was in my uh face on my hands i went through the gas chamber with poison ivy all over that was my living hell but we had a guy who would sit in his wall locker and cry i believe he was from hawaii i can't remember his name either morgan if you know let me know but you got these people now who go in with the expectations of like oh i i won't let a drill sergeant talk to me like that i would get into his face and punch him back and we're really limiting the drill sergeants and what they can do as far as um, not so much retaliation, but what they can do about that. Um, you know, if we strip the power away from the people who are supposed to rebuild this, this foundation of a person, then the foundation itself is going to be flawed, weak. And when the time comes, it's, it will break, whether it be uh, in country um, or overseas, what have you, but you can't have somebody break down right in the middle of a firefight because they, they're too stressed out. We don't need that. That's what gets people killed. That's why, that's why you try to build somebody up from a foundation of nothing. So when you watch some of the older movies, um, like Hacksaw Ridge or, the show like Band of Brothers, even the Saving Private Ryan, my favorite, which would be A Bridge Too Far. You see the discipline that they show uh, in training and running soldiers, and it is far beyond what we can do today because of all the restrictions. We have these bleeding heart sergeant majors. Uh, oh, you can't yell at soldiers anymore. That that hurts their feelings. You have to talk to them like they're people. They're not fucking people. They're fucking soldiers, and they need to be treated like soldiers, not fucking people. Uh, 
grandma, if you're listening, I'm sorry. That got a little away from me. <laughs> so if you, if you find yourself in a situation where, um, one, you want to look at TikTok, just no, not, not the, not the best of winners on that, on that, uh, app or web, uh, website or whatever it is now. Um, kind of showing my age on this one, but, um, I will leave you with this. I am going to cut this one short. I do have my equipment coming. It should be here on Wednesday. I've got a microphone, uh, a pop filter, some lights, so we can have a better YouTube, uh, channel as well. What I'm going to do is going to go ahead and cut it off here. Um, but just let you know, again, with the, with the veterans, you know, everybody needs help. It doesn't matter how hard they think there are. Everybody needs help. So if you see somebody that needs help, you know, if you think asking them is going to hurt their feelings, um, just ask them. It might hurt their feelings. It doesn't matter. But as long as they know that you're willing to help, whatever it may be, you know, just, just let them know that you are there for them. You got them. Give them a hug if they'll allow you. Um, or do what you can. Don't don't try to take on the world, but let them know that if they do, you'll be the right there with them. Can't do it alone. So this will end the uh, second episode of Move Out, Draw Fire. And just remember, there's always a difference between funny and wrong. You should know the difference. Funny's good, wrong, obviously bad. So. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, just remember, move out, draw fire. Good night.